Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Because I think that it, I mean, we, we tend to do it when it's our birthdays, but it's also Christmas coming up at the end of the week, and so many of us are always focused on gifting. 
on pouring into other people, on filling other people up, that I actually wanted to spend my segment at least centering on the art of receiving. Because being able to accept sprinkles pancakes that have all these things in them and being able to celebrate, it takes also skill to understand how to receive and accept the gifts that are being given to us. So we can accept gifts without really receiving them. And what I mean by that is sometimes we'll be, you know, we'll be given a compliment or, a, or something small or a gift and we'll say thank you, we'll exchange niceties, but we'll brush off compliments and praises and all for what? Like who benefits from us not actually receiving the gifts that we are being given? So first, a little introduction if you're not familiar with who I am. My name is Anais Ganuna. I am a aligned marketing strategist, which means that I center marketing practices that are both ethical and values-based. I empower spirit-led entrepreneurs to amplify their work in a way that is aligned to them and is ethical via marketing consulting and fractional CMO services. And I am a very, very big believer that being in business is a healing practice. Now, I'm also like for the context of this conversation, I'm also like the middle child to immigrant parents with a very heavy narcissist uh, dynamic. And if you're familiar with that language, I will also add that I was the scapegoat of my family. So if you're not familiar with that language, a scapegoat is basically a person who gets blamed for a lot of wrongdoings and mistakes or faults. So I moved as far away from my family as I uh, was legally allowed to and practically moved into like abusive relationships after abusive relationships uh, until I got divorced uh, actually almost six years ago at this point. And receiving gifts, compliments and praise was quite literally painful for me for a majority of my life because for the majority of my life, something uh, receiving something meant that I owed someone something. There was a debt, right? It was a debt, a tally. Someone was keeping track. Someone was, was, you know, taking note and gifting was not for free and for fun. And therefore receiving was dangerous. Now, if you, you don't have to have a similar background to me, by the way, to be averse to receiving, like I just really like to show like the part of the extremes of it, because if I can come back from that and uh, let me tell you, I have gotten very good at receiving. Uh, you can, you know, if you're just like, or maybe a little bit averse to compliments, if you get, uh, or for example, if someone tells you like you did a great job and you brush it off, like, oh, that was nothing. Or if you do something nice for someone and, and your automatic response is, oh, of course, it's to be expected, then there maybe is some room to heal around receiving. And before we dive in, I want to, I do want to talk about some etymology. Um, English is not my first language, so I always try to bring in the definition of words just for the sake of clean communication and also to uh, double check myself because it has happened in the past where I think a word means something and I'm a little bit off. So when we look at the word receiving, um, first of all, every dictionary I looked at had at least six definitions, but for the sake of time, um, we're going to just focus on three. So the defining uh, receive. So receives to be given, presented with, or paid something. So you receive a prize, a gift. There's also to experience or be subject to a, specific, a specified treatment. So the event was received with wide press coverage. And then there's to receive someone, right? So to greet or welcome a, a visitor formally. So you can receive someone in your home. Um, so those are the three main definitions that we're gonna work with when we're talking about the art of receiving. So first, some things that must be recognized. Uh, women in our society are definitely conditioned to give and to not receive. 
We see it all the time in, in the stereotype of our culture of, you know, the overworked woman. Our society actively makes, makes being a woman more difficult between the norms and expectations of our appearances tailored to befit a certain gaze, along with fees associated, plus active attempts to make healthcare more dangerous. Like, the women have expectations laid on us that tell us from very, very young age that that we are here to give and to caretake. We also see it even if you walk down the uh, toy aisles in a lot of stores, you'll see there's a huge difference in the toys that are tailored towards little girls than the toys that are tailored towards, bo towards boys. So ingrained in our society, we have this belief system that women are, are here to, to take care of others. And also to add another tape, you know, another layer of nuance, since I really enjoy naming things, women of color feel this pressure even more. So even if you grew up with like this perfect nuclear family, there might still be ingrained mentality that your value is in your selflessness and how much of yourself you can give and in how others can benefit from you and from your labor and from your being. Right. So that's even actually, uh, if we, this just hit me, but if we zoom out a little bit, even in capitalistic societies, our value is very much ingrained in how productive we can be, how much of ourselves we can give over. So maybe, perhaps, what we can do is we can open ourselves up to receiving, and that in and of itself can be our little act of rebellion a small step to reclaiming that you deserve to be here, that your value is not attached to how much you can ignore your own needs and desires. Your value is not attached to how much you can tend to others. Your value can just be in you. And if that doesn't resonate, maybe we can look at it from the angle of opening yourself up to receiving can allow you to be more nuanced, more effective, and more discerning in how you give. And how you give and when you have this discernment, you can still basically tend to yourself because now, just like we were talking about earlier with Raylan, when you're spending all this time giving to everybody without discernment, you're going to burn yourself out. But when you can be intentional with who you want to give to, how you want to give, you can create a more sustainable way of giving. And again, this is by opening yourself up to receiving. So when we talk about receiving, there are a few fears that inherently come up and like I, I probably should give uh, I usually like to give this little uh, disclaimer which is I, I'm very much and this is very much in the ethos also of breakfast with champions like there are going to be things that I'm going to say that you might not you might disagree with that might not resonate my invitation for you is to simply open with an open heart, open mind, and if it resonates, fantastic. Take it, let it marinate in your own, in your own way. And if it, oh, we have a hot mic. And if it does not resonate, feel free to compost it. I promise you, I will not be offended. Really, all I want to do is to introduce maybe some, uh, maybe some ideas. And if it helps, great. And if not, you can leave it where it is. So fears of receiving that come up. One of the biggest things that I hear um, and that I also experienced was when I had an aversion to receiving, it was because there were strings attached. Now we can fall into this pattern of tit for tat, right? Someone gives us something, is there suddenly an expectation for us to gift them something in return? 
we see this commonly even like in the dating scene, right? You buy someone drinks at a, at a bar. Are you upset if they accept the drink and they still don't want to talk to you? What about if you buy several drinks and they don't want to give you their number or their snap or their Insta? So how often have you received a drink only for the gifter to act entitled to you, to your time, to your contact information? Is there an ulterior motive that you are saying yes to when you say yes to this gift? So this is one of the things that come up as far as, you know, fearing accepting a gift and receiving a gift. And I'll also admit again, like y'all, I, I shared a second ago, like I had a not super healthy upbringing. So I had gifted in this way. I would spend hours and tons of money on really thoughtful gifts for people with an expectation of friendship or even that they would act a certain way towards me because I gave such this, uh, such a thoughtful gift. And I remember even with my siblings, like I would buy them gifts for their birthday, hoping that I'd be on their good side for a few days, hoping for a few days of a mellow, or hoping that when my birthday came along that they would also give me a gift because I got them a gift, right? So it's often these fears that we have of receiving can be aligned with also how we gift because the things that we experience outwardly are, are usually things that we also hold internally. So I could not start releasing this fear of receiving um, because of this fear of reciprocation until I released that, you know, gifting for reciprocation as well. So how do you shift that? And what is that shift? So when you start giving for the sake of giving, right, no strings attached, and that, that's also basically, that's, that's a skill to develop because when you start giving in this way, gifting becomes sharing of my feelings of my admiration or simply my kindness or and spirit just because gifting becomes an expression of my love for that person and part of how you can start to tell this distinction is when you're gifting when you're giving something ask hey listeners if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions we can bet you care about your daily routine do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine it's the perfect morning Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Ask yourself, if this was your last interaction with someone, would you still feel good about the gift that you gave? If they were never to talk to you again, if you were never to hear from them again, would you feel good about giving them that gift? And when I say gift, by the way, it doesn't have to be a physical thing. It can also be, you know, time, attention, compliments, uh, whatever it is. Would you still feel good about giving that gift if that was your last interaction with them? And if the answer is no, then perhaps ask what the expectation is. What is it? What is the, not, I don't want to say the ulterior motive, but what is the unspoken exchange that you are giving with this gift? And does the receiver know what they are saying yes to when you when they are accepting it? So another thing that comes up with this, this uh, fear of reciprocation of like, oh, someone gave me something, I have to give them something back. This happens a lot also when there's a disparity of wealth between, uh, between friends or between gifty and gifter or whatever it is. And I have friends from all walks of life, some that make boatloads more money than me and then others who make boatloads less. And when you make a lot of money, you also know how to spend money very well. And that usually means nice hotels, nice restaurants, nice experiences. And when you're in giving and receiving mode with a lot of people in different income brackets, it can also add another layer of pressure that you have to give in kind. Um, and actually a really, really great example of this is my best friend. 
literally, uh, she, she's out of town for the next few months, uh, but she literally left me a pile of gifts for my birthday, including a Gucci purse. And she knows damn well that I will not get her a designer handbag, and there is zero expectation that I, that I would ever reciprocate in that way. She actually rarely even wants physical gifts from me, and what she requested for me for her Christmas present is actually one of my marketing foundations, one-on-one -on -one intensives, which I think is hilarious. Uh, and that is something that, that only I can give her, and that is priceless to her. Like she can buy her own designer bags. Like there's, she does not want me to buy her a designer bag. She would rather that I work with her on her business. So part of this, this ex, you know, the sphere of receiving in, in the tit for tat can often really be solved with a conversation. Now, this person is, is my best friend. We grew up together. So we have difficult conversations like it's a sport uh, <laughs> because we also have so many different opinions and so many different lived experiences that it's really uh, we get into very tense conversations quite often. But when it comes to talking about money, sometimes it can be really uncomfortable. When, especially when you're being invited to places and you might not be have the financial means to keep pace. So how do you have this conversation? Is receiving this invitation mean that you are also burning yourself out, right? Like, is there an expectation that if someone's buying, you know, a thousand dollar dinner for you, that you are going to do the next one? So this can really be part of the sphere of receiving. And another fear of receiving that, that I, that came up a lot for me, uh, I mean, not anymore. Again, y'all, I shared like what I shared in the beginning, because if I can come back from that and feel so deserving of the things that I receive, uh, then if you have just a little bit of tension around it, you absolutely can too. But it's, you can also have a aversion to receiving if you feel undeserving. So we see this a lot when someone gives you a compliment. Is your natural response to go, oh, that's, oh, it's nothing. Oh, don't worry about it. Right? Or my, my go-to, which I've actually, I've been trying to unlearn because it's an automatic response for me. And I'm, I'm really, really, I don't want to say working because it's not work for me, but I'm, I'm being mindful of not using this response. When someone will give me a compliment or thank me for something that I do, I'll just say, say oh, of course. Like my special givingness is to be expected. And so I'm reconditioning myself out of that response because my giving is not to be expected. It's for free and for fun and because I feel compelled to and that deserves, like I, you know, like I deserve to feel that compliment to feel like what I'm doing, what I'm giving is special. So the question I have for you is that if you feel these feelings of maybe you're undeserving of a compliment or a gift, what would actually happen if you let yourself be seen for the gifts that you're sharing? What would actually happen if you allowed yourself to be praised for the gifts that you bring to this world. And again, when I say gifts, I'm, I don't mean designers. Sometimes it's your presence can be a gift. Your focus time can be a gift, you know, or, you know, you give someone a ride to the airport. That's a gift. You help someone figure something out. That's a gift. What happens if you let yourself be seen for the amazing things that you do? And we can drive ourselves crazy wondering if we, whether we deserve something or not. And really, who's to say whether we do or not? Who's the record keeper of what we deserve? And does it really matter? It's really unlikely that the giver evaluated whether we deserve something. So why should you? Perhaps it was just a spontaneous act of kindness that felt good to the giver. Questioning it diminishes the power of the offering. 
So I don't know if you all have experienced this before where out of like where something happens or you interact with someone and you feel compelled to give them something. Whether that's a connection, a resource, you feel compelled to pour into them. And I know there's a lot of people on the stage because that's what we do here at Breakfast with Champions is that we pour into people we really like to inspire and uplift and educate. So we pour into others on a pretty regular basis, right? So what happens when someone starts questioning the pouring into them that you do? Do you feel like your gift is being honored? And again, we can't, we can't be in other people's minds. We can't like, we, we can ask questions, uh, but we can't make assumptions as to what's going on. So I don't know if it's ever happened to you where you give a gift and like it doesn't get received quite as well. And maybe there's a conversation afterwards, but you realize that they were questioning like it was such an overwhelming gift that they couldn't actually express their gratitude for it. And it took, I mean, and they have to do either they feel undeserving or whatever it is, but sometimes it takes mental labor to be able to accept a gift when you feel that it is that you are undeserving of it. And as a gift giver, what happens when, when things like that happen is you start to question your giving as well. So even if, if you don't feel comfortable opening yourself up to receiving for your own sake, and if you're, if you're in the mode of, uh, and by the way, there's no shame about this because I, this is how I started was, was thinking about for the benefit of others because that's how I was in my conditioning, was like the art of receiving is not just for your benefit. It's also for the benefit of the giver. Because when you receive a gift, the giver wants to pour more into you when you're actually able to have it land. And also by being human, that means that you have needs, you have wants. And part of those needs and wants include being valued and being appreciated. You're allowed to feel valued and appreciated. You deserve to feel valued and appreciated. So another uh, little thing that I also want to name because of how, how I grew up and also the relationships that I had is sometimes the fear of, re of receiving is also attached to a fear of losing a power dynamic, right? So again, I speak to this as a recovered codependent and part of, my, of healing my patterns and cultivating healthier relationships includes, included rather releasing my commitment to control and to a power dynamic. So let me explain that a bit as a, as a codependent or other people have called them like empaths, or if you even just like label yourself as a giver, particularly an overgiver, you tend to more than a, uh, you tend to other people more than you tend to yourself, right? You'll often find yourself in these dynamics with narcissists, with people who we, we can label as takers. And in this dynamic, you are the lifeblood of the dynamics. You are the resource that this relationship balances on. And you tend to the others, you know, and it, you tend to the others to take care of their needs, but sometimes it's also as a control thing, right? You tend to others so that there's no outbursts. You tend to others so that they don't feel triggered. You tend to others so that it's not an explosion later for you to deal with. You tend to others and they need you because without you, they will fall apart, right? And you create this false sense of control that can be addicting and it actually feeds into a cycle of abuse. So when you are receiving, so like, oh, let me give you a real life example, because I feel like that was a little bit uh, conceptual. So with my ex-husband, I was in charge of 100% of household things, cooking, cleaning, management, etc. Um, and also because receiving was not my forte and I was running two businesses uh, and a power dynamic, I also paid for some time, actually for the most of the time, about 100% of the expenses as well. 
So there were some offers and attempts to help me when I would, oh, you know, hit almost, uh, when I would hit burnout, where I'd be ready to burn it all down because I am a Sagittarius. Let's not forget. Uh, like I would really reject accepting or receiving any help. And because what would happen if I received that help? And there is nuance there, but for the sake of this conversation, what would happen is that I would lose my high horse. I would lose the sense of control that I relied on. And while on this high horse, I felt like I had a leg to stand on, right? Look at everything that I do. And with that high horse, even though I was miserable and he was abusive, I felt, I felt my value because look at how much I can endure. And another example of this is like with my family dynamic, like when I was growing up, uh, like they would pay for certain things, but it was only for loyalty, right? There was that exchange. So it was like, I'm going to pay for this, but it's so I can have control and I can have say in, over your life over what choices that you make. So when you are in this fear of receiving, sometimes it also means that you have to release this idea of control. And when I say the idea of control, it's because it's exactly that. It's not actual control. It's a false sense of control. And it's, it's buying into a dynamic that doesn't actually serve or, or it doesn't actually serve you in the long run. It doesn't serve your growth. It doesn't serve the other person either. It's just a dynamic of toxicity. Um, so there's also there's classic reasons that we have as to why we don't receive, right? And why you don't, uh, and why, like, I mean, why you don't even want to, right? So you might have made up your mind that other people's needs are more important than your own. And by becoming an expert on other people's needs, you forget that you have your own actual desires. And you may have been taught that to be a good person is to be a person that uh, does things for others and not for yourself. Like there's that guilt that can play into when it comes to receiving, when you're so used to doing everything for everyone. And when you're so busy doing, it can be really difficult to actually get into a receptive state. And a receptive state is basically a state where you are able to receive the gifts that are being poured into you. You can also, like, sometimes it happens that you're worried that people will think that you're selfish or greedy or that you only think of yourself. And most of your energy is spent doing for others, well, like, which leaves very, very little behind for you. So I want to always name that I am a growing human <laughs> and there have been times in the recent past where I receive something that I bigger than what I am comfortable receiving. And depending on the gifter, there's a few different things that I have done, which I would like to invite, uh, which is I'll actually have a conversation, but actually I'm seeing that I have three minutes left. So I want to leave you with three things because we have Christmas coming up, uh, because Sagittarius season and we do love receiving, um, I want you to, I want to leave you with three things. One is if you catch yourself over this weekend, uh, brushing off compliments, compliments, I want you to get out of your head and into your body. I want you to take a deep, deep breath and ask whoever gave you the compliment to repeat it. You can even say, I don't think I fully heard you. Can you say that again? And when they say it again, I want you to take a deep breath and let yourself absorb the compliment. It's okay if it feels uncomfortable. And once the compliment has landed, I want you to actually say out loud, because it helps me with my practice, I receive that. Thank you. And don't question whether you deserve it. Take the compliment. <laughs> and if someone offers, your, offers help, like if you're hosting people, someone offers to help with the dishes or whatever it is, I want you to put yourself in the zone of for free or for, and for fun. Can you embrace the possibility that there are no strings attached with this offer? And if yes, does it make accepting easier? Allow yourself to be vulnerable. Allow yourself to accept help. 
And lastly, the last, last point that I want to leave you with is be honest that you feel uncomfortable receiving. As always, we are growing, evolving humans. I'm not expecting a overnight shift. I'm expecting a two millimeter shift because that is what I'm about is just making a slight change that makes a big impact down the line over time. So I know we have a couple minutes left. I do want to open up the mic to see if there's any questions, if there's any like anything that I can help with before I hand off the mic to, let's see, anyone else. So let me, I'm going to go ahead and mute myself. Does anybody want to share about receiving before we hand? Yes, I do. I'm just going to jump in very quickly. It's Maisha. I'm down at the bottom. And uh, can you pronounce your name for me one more time, please? Yes, it's Anais. And if you ever need reference, it's in the top line of my bottom. Thank you. And I have a friend who has a daughter with that name. Everything that you said is that is like you lived my exact life. Everything from the the dynamic with the ex-husband to just everything. And it's really, I've learned some of these things about myself, especially the codependency. It's helped to shine a light on my marriage, which is why I no longer talk about, you know, what he did or he was toxic because I can look back and see how I craved the power and control of of that particular dynamic the the way that i had it so i just i just wanted to thank you so so much you shed so much more light on my own behaviors and and i'm definitely following you and i will be keeping in touch with what you do thank you so thank you so much maisha i received that and that means the world to me and i know it's not easy to share stories like this um and the reason and it's still uncomfortable for me to share stories like this too but i think it's exactly for what you just said maisha like i i am a middle child after all so i do really appreciate uh the feedback i do really i receive that that and that it has made an impact on you and also i will open it up if i know my time is up here but if if my segment did make an impact, again, I am a middle child. Words of affirmation are my jam. Please feel free to DM me and let me know so you don't have to share publicly here. So that is my time for today. Oh, I heard yeah, someone else in my... Just briefly, Dr. Connor here. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. I just wanted to say, I mean, I think, you know, the old saying goes, giving is receiving. But I think there's a, like, a clever tactical part of that as well, that the more you give and the more people you give to, there's no doubt about it. A lot of people will just take it and they'll just, you know, walk away. They won't give you back. They won't even say thanks. But with that, you kind of refine your knowledge of those people and you begin to build up. And the word behavior came up there in the last speaker. And I think it's so true. You begin to see the behavior in people. And so you realize that by refining that, you can still give, 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 give to others. But you realize the ones that really need it and you can give more energy to them. And so that's what you kind of carve out your your whole kind of um crowd of people your whole group and your whole tribe and so that's how you know you build connections i think that are well worth lasting and that's what you see on stage here all these people that have helped each other along the way and um you know happy birthday glenn i didn't say it earlier i couldn't get a word in because everybody was helping each other out so you know that's what i just wanted to pop in there thank you so much dr connor for that Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.